0: Banning the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films, and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Well, here we are, episode 43 of Down and Nerdy, where I can't help but wonder if Optimus only celebrates his birthday on the prime numbers.
1: (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's too early in the week for fucking math jokes, dude.
0: Well, you know, I got to throw math nerds a bone every now and then. So, you know, just just to keep them interested. I'm James Witham alongside.
1: The Miracle one Arm Nick Battaglia.
0: And I don't even remember where we are right now. It seems like it's, Dude, it's all a blur.
1: For people who don't know, James hasn't slept in like four fucking days.
0: It's and it's not just because of the baby. It's been, it's been work stuff. It's it's just all kinds of different circumstances that have popped up. My mother was in the hospital. She's okay. Um, no worries there. But you know that that played a factor too because I had to, I had to take care of some business there as well. But um, but I'm I'm here. I am here. I'm committed. <laughs> here. I'm committed. I'm here. Don't worry about me. I'm, I'm really psyched to, uh, to dive into some of the stuff we've got going on. But, you know, b- before we jump into things, you know, because we like to keep it light on the show, we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to the people affected and the families of those in the Paris tragedy.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was really sad. I mean, it was actually, you know, nice to see um, in the wake of that tragedy, like all of our artist friends posting pictures, you know, like artists are united. And it really like goes to show just how tight knit, you know, worldwide the artist community is. That was very um, cool
0: too. I mean, I, I'll admit that at, at first I didn't get it when I when I logged onto on Facebook and Twitter and I saw it, and then it, and it clicked for me. And seeing like the ink pens, right, and, uh, paintbrushes for some people, just and that was very cool.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was really awesome. Um, you know, like I said, it, you know, I'm not gonna dive into it, but you know, it's just mostly just you know thoughts and prayers out to the people who are affected by it, and you know, parents stay strong. And just like I said, it's it's awesome to see like artists you know these guys and these women who you know draw these great things and you know just united hey when you attack you know people like you know in our group we're gonna stand together we're not gonna take this shit so i mean you know it's, it's really awesome
0: it's it's very cool and you know we've, we've got listeners in paris as well uh well maybe not in paris specifically but in we do uh, have in france though we do have in france that's that's what i was driving at so you know just our thoughts and prayers are, are with them and and, uh, hey, we're with you. Yep. Don't worry. We're, we're standing with you, and, and our artist friends are as well.
1: Yep. But, uh, you know, lighting the thing back up, you know, again, it's time for what we did this weekend. And um, we'll see. So James hasn't slept in, in an eon. Um,
0: <laughs> That's what it feels like, anyway.
1: Literally, yeah. No, trust me. I've, I've been there before. You know, the tough thing about working two jobs, like I do, is, you know, um, the nights where, you know, we had to work overnight, and then you have that 9 o'clock you know, time you have to be at your other job, yeah. and it's like, okay, so I get home at 5, 30-ish, 6 o'clock, or whatever, you know, I got three hours of sleep, I come in, I'm groggy, I'm tired, I mean, there was a t- moment like last week where I was just a little bit sick, because I just hate, you know where you don't sleep a lot, you have that, that migraine, and you, you just throw up? Yep. Yep, that happened to me last week, yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. So I'm all caught in my sleep, which is good, and it's it's, it's just, yeah, it's uh, it's not fun. It's not fun at all. What I did was I actually went to see our buddy Bob over at Fantasy Escape Comics Cards in Virginia Beach, and I uh, actually went to pick up my poll my two to three weeks' worth of, of comics. I know, right?
0: <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen Bob in a month. Bob, if you're listening, I'm coming to see you today. Being, fr- being Friday. I'm gonna come and see you today at some point.
1: Well, let's put it this way: whenever you know I go in to pick up my comics and Bob, and this is when you know James has a lot of shit he hasn't picked up. Is when Bob goes to me and he says, "Have you talked to James lately? Because he's kind of he got a lot of stuff here."
0: I don't, feel, I don't feel like I do have a lot of stuff though. Like over Christmas and New Year's, there really wasn't anything. Dude, other that's than... what I thought. Like, and then I get there and he's like,
1: "Okay, here he gives me my pull. It's like ten, eleven comics." And I'm How like, is that
0: even possible? I don't know. I just wow. don't know. It's because you keep adding all the stuff to your poll. Every it, it seems like the last four weeks of what we're reading, everything's been a poll for well, you. You're increasing your poll. Well,
1: I added Ant-Man number one to my poll. And, I mean, that was a fantastic read. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, that was actually our pick of the week this week, too. Right. Um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, but, like, that's so what I did was I got home last night. I still hadn't watched Agent Carter. Now, mind you, I'm tired. So, like, I I, I watched the first episode I watched the second episode. Partway through the second episode, I start falling asleep a little bit. But not because it was boring, but because, you know, I was just tired. So I pause it. I fall asleep for about an hour or so. I wake up, finish the show. And then I'm like, well, oh, shit. I, got all, I had a picture um, uploaded on a Facebook page. It's like, it's down, down nerdy, of my poll. And it, literally, all I come was cover, cover my coffee table. So I'm like, oh, shit. Might as well, you know... Dive into this Wide and you know, read them. So I read three comics. I read Ant Man. I read um, Batman Eternal. So I'm caught up on that. So I tried like three comics. Went to bed. Woke up this you know this morning and then literally uh, you know said oh fuck it whatever. I am some you know ones I didn't read last night. My nightstand. So I woke clearly woke up and started reading. So I, I read. Eleven comic books in, in under you know twenty four hours.
0: It's funny because um, what I can remember of my weekend anyway, um, <laughs> one of the and then that's not one of those hey man I can't remember what I did this weekend. No, it's not like that at all. I'm just exhausted. Yeah. Um, no, one of the things I was able to do this weekend is I I've been reading Batman Hush. Of course, I you know I reviewed the first uh, issue a few weeks ago on the show, and I finally finished it. Yeah, and it was it was amazing. It's the first time I've ever read it, and I was telling you off the air. Yeah, this is one of those books. It's a perfect example of how you can use a lot of different characters and right. not make it feel like it's jumbled.
1: Right, not that it's just disjointed. You, you know, you don't. You know, you have a lot of characters you to deal with. Right. Um, you know, spending time on certain characters and and, and That's why it's something I felt that Batman Eternal earlier on. Uh, kind of didn't do a good job with because you know she had the whole thing with jim gordon right. and then you don't know, hear anything about him for like literally like 10 issues right and then it's like oh we're gonna jump back into this whole thing It's like well what 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 uh, what just happened here you know
0: it's funny for me because as i was reading it and especially when i was getting towards the end it's it got me thinking about batman versus superman right and i thought to myself well there's a lot of characters there too and is this kind of how th- it made me wonder as I read it, if anybody's read Batman Hush, you'll understand what I'm saying. It made me wonder as I read it, if that's the kind of mold they're going to follow with that movie as far as using and utilizing the number of characters that have been cast. In the right. because it didn't seem like a lot. I mean, there was definitely certain characters that they focused on more than others, but I wonder if that's kind of the mold they're going to want to use for this now. So I'm curious to see.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very curious, you know, and, you know, with me as well, you know, I started this, it's like a 28 day get lean kind of a diet and dude, I'm sore as hell and I've just eaten. It's one of those things where it's like, I've been eating nothing but shit lately for the past couple of weeks, not literal shit, but just like, you know, fast food and stuff like that. But it, with me, it's just like, you know, on the diet, it's literally like, okay, wake up, eat six egg whites. Then have like a uh, thing of toast. Um, then for lunch, uh, chicken breasts and green vegetables. And for dinner, you know, steak and green vegetables. So literally, dude, last night I had uh, two or three pieces of steak, uh, half a can of green beans, uh, two peanut butter sandwiches, two protein shakes. Like it was just
0: dude.
1: Yeah, in one sitting, dude. It's
0: like you're trying to set some sort of record or something.
1: Well, cause the well, cause you know, I had to go work out afterwards, and you know, you don't want to really work out an empty stomach, and it, it's just, dude, I, it was just one of those things where, like, you know, I worked in the afternoon, and I just was busy, so then of course I'm like, well, shit, I gotta eat something, so it's like just compiling compiling all my meals into one sitting, and I told my dad that he's like, "Holy fuck!" I'm like, "Yeah, I go, I'm still hungry." But it's just one of those things where like I'm eating healthier. I've lost a little bit of weight actually in the week I've done it. I'm growing the beard out actually for you know, as well because it's yep. one of those things where like new you know it's one of those things where it's kind of like new me kind of thing where you know I'm going through that that that, that uh, uh Batman phase. You know, I was growing, say I'm
0: finally going through the change of life, huh?
1: Yep, yep. You know, and this is the first time I actually stuck to a diet. Because it's actually something that actually, you know, I'm not starving myself. I'm actually eating stuff I want to eat and, and stuff I like that. And I think we need
0: to make it clear that this isn't one of those corny New Year's, I'm going to start eating right kind of things. For no. You. you decided on this a while before that.
1: Yeah, it was a while back. But it was always one of those things that my main problem was, okay, I'm eating healthy. Then also sudden I'm like, you know, I am craving McDonald's right now. But, you know, I can have this one cheat day. And you know the, the the diet I'm on now is like advises okay I have at least one cheat day a week But I'm like I can't do that because I know the way my mind works is I have that one cheat meal I'm done
0: right, right. off the cliff
1: <laughs> right off right off the cliff you know you know bust into a, you know a brick wall pretty much yep. it's just it's over but I mean I've lost some weight I feel a lot better actually I mean That's like good. I said you know you know like I said and even like today for lunch I had. Um, Four pieces of steak and a half can of green beans and the protein shake.
0: I feel like we're going through like the down and nerdy school lunch menu. <laughs> like here's what
1: it's Nick just, has had it's for just, lunch. It's, today. Lo- it's just nothing but meat and fucking protein and yeah. Just, so just, next time Jeff, you see me, next time Jeff. you see me, I'm gonna be ripped as Steven Amell.
0: Do you have any other announcements you'd like to make? Are there any assemblies today? Did the uh, did the third grade class get the field trip to Washington D.C.? They
1: did, and the bus went off the cliff, and all the children died.
0: Ah, no, they did not, because Cal El was at the bottom of the ocean. He lifted the bus upward as in men of steel.
1: Right. Well, by children dying, I mean that they actually physically died. It's just that from now on, all school trips. Field trips are canceled.
0: That's Yeah, very much so. Canceled. So the adventurous
1: side of them have, has died today.
0: But our adventures have just get, gotten started because that's what we've done this weekend. Coming up next, you know what we're going to do. We're going to dive into two brand new comics. It's what we're reading next on Down and Nerdy. Well, it's that
1: time, boys and girls, get out those long boxes because it's time to discuss what we're reading presented by the fine people over at Fancy Escape Comics and Cards of Virginia Beach. Go see Bob, check out his figures, check out his magic cards, check out his comics, he's got a great selection. So I'm going to go first, James, and I decided to go digital this week, so don't hate me.
0: Okay, this is, is going to be interesting, actually. Go okay,
1: ahead. I went digital. Uh, I decided to read DC's Mortal
0: Kombat X. You did not. I did. I did the same thing fuck yeah i, I did the same again. thing I, we, we, what's what's really funny about this is we just discussed this 30 seconds ago because we haven't been telling each other what we're <laughs> reading on purpose because we won't be surprised so we just i just said to nick i said you know whatever happens <laughs> if we both read the same thing i said do we roll with it I just so said, fuck yeah we you do. know what we're gonna roll with it then so why don't you tell them who it was written by uh, so it was written by Sean Kittleson,
1: the artist by Dexter Soy, he did the pencils and the inks, and Veronica Gandini did the colors, and of course it's published by DC, and it's a digital comic, you can get on DC.com for about a dollar.
0: And by and- the way, if you want to get it from Bob at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards, you can do that next week, it is coming out in print as well, next week.
1: Fantastic, actually I didn't know that, I thought it was just going to be a strict
0: digital comic. I'm actually, gonna buy- I'm actually going to uh, buy the print version because I want it, I just want it for the cover. Right. So I'm still going to get the print version next week, but so, but I couldn't I couldn't wait either.
1: So for people who don't know about the plot, okay, this this takes place you know before Mortal Kombat X, which in the game itself takes place 25 years after the events of MK9, which came out a couple of years ago. So, premise is this filler but between MK9 and MKX. So issue 1 deals with Kenshi who finds out he has a son and he's being hunted by the Red Dragon because apparently he left them and he did, and all of a sudden Scorpion out of nowhere saves them. And he just the art- starts
0: killing everybody, yeah. basically. And the,
1: this is where the colors by Gandini really fucking pop. Oh, because very much when, so. a, when a spear goes through the guy's head, you see all his blood. And it's, it's really fantastic. And you know, to make a long story short, not to go through the whole story, it just, it just ends with um, Kenshi leaving his son with Scorpion and then... Issue number two is gonna pick up with Sub Zero because when I get to say who he's with at the end of it. Yeah, because it's
0: a big, it's a big reveal at the end. But we find out how Sub Zero
1: gets that scar over his eye. Yes. And overall, like I liked it. Like when you saw like, I getting shot with the arrows, you know, they had that, you know, the X the, the X ray. Bone
0: breaking thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the arrow piercing the knee, so he had the X ray kind of movement like in the games. So I started reading reviews of this comic online and to see what people were saying and everything else. This one review. I'm not going to say where it was from, but, you know, the, the writer pretty much just said, this is for the hardcore gamer. You know, they expect DC does to, you know, have the Mortal Kombat fans just jump in and, and everything else, and Prince much just bashing it. And I'm like, that's the reason for this comic is that it's not for the average gamer or reader. It's for people who are, like you and I, in-depth into the Mortal Kombat universe
0: yeah I totally disagree with with it being just for the hardcore gamer. I think there was a little something for everybody here and I mean it went into the story of Kenshi and he I mean he leaves his son actually at the uh, Shiri Ryu temple where Scorpion mm-hmm. has gathered this kind of group of soul survivors from the Never- Realm Wars as, as sort of like an army they don 't really explain why he has it, but hey, in this world you got to have an army. And it right. goes into, you know, how can she find out he had a son and how the red dragon is tied into all that and why he wants to find Digon, who's the leader of the Red of the Red Dragons, to get to get answers. And he basically looks like he wants to kill him anyway, but he basically he wants to find him more than anything else. So there's more storyline and plot here than just something a hardcore gamer can appreciate. Obviously, I think you have to be Kind of a fan of the characters already, anyway. So I get right. I get that argument, but I don't get how this comic is just for the hardcore gamer at all.
1: Right. The thing is, like you know, they also bring in a, you know a couple of characters from prior games, kind of like like Mortal Kombat Armageddon and stuff like that. Um, you know, in the story. But I felt you know my only concern is how they're going to balance all the stories out. You know, between Kenshi and Scorpion, and now it's Sub Zero. You know, which is going to be like going to look like an issue too. Um, but like the the art's great. It's going to be it's a weekly comic. I thought like a really good background actually. Um, and like I said it's only a dollar. So what you know, you can't complain with that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? you
0: can't really go wrong when it's a buck. So I mean, it, it just depends on your level of of um, fandom, I guess, for Mortal Kombat, whether it be from back in the SNES days or or to now, if you've been playing all of them.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I'm looking forward to issue number two next week. I'm going to pick it up over at Bob's, you know, if it hopefully if it's, out, if it's out. Are they going to do it like digital and then they're going to release the actual print copy like a week later? Is that how they're going to do it?
0: I know that they're releasing digital every Sunday is when the new issue is going to come out. I think that what they're going to do, I think so far what they're thinking is to do that week after, The fact they will do the the print version, so I think they'll wait a week. I know that for Injustice uh, Gods Among Us, they wait a uh, about two weeks to uh, put it out in print. So it was kind, and you know, you can get Injustice Gods Among Us in digital first. I like doing the print because I that's it's it's easier for me to follow it in the print now since that's what I've been doing from the beginning. I didn't really do Injustice from digital. So Mm -hmm. as far as I know, that's what they're going to do, but they might just be releasing this print version early because they want to kind of strike while the iron's hot. But what do you think? Do you think this is this a pull for you?
1: Oh god yeah this is definitely a pull for me. This is a pull you know buy it you know it, I, I liked it a lot like I said it wasn't it didn't deviate too far and like I said I'm, as somebody who's going to buy MKX we're both going to buy it when it comes out it's nice to know what happens leading up to it, you know what I'm saying? So when yeah. we play the story mode, we already know, hey, here's what led up to this. Because Scorpion, I'm going to right now, this isn't a spoiler at all for the game, but he's going after Raiden in this next game. So we're going to find out what causes him to go after Raiden and why is that reason why he's building up to Shirai Ryu again.
0: Yeah, and that ties in a lot of the other characters as well. So it's not just... It's not just Scorpion. It's going to be a lot of the characters that you know as well that are going to be tied into that too.
1: And that's the thing is that I wonder, you know, because we played MK9 I know that Sub-Zero was turned into a cyborg in the story mode. Now we've got this Sub-Zero who is his brother. Um, my question is, do you think that each week we're going to get kind of a little bit of a look at who is going to be in the game each week?
0: I think that um, one of the things that they'll start to try and do, uh, I think for the comics' sake, they're going to try and get you hooked with the first couple issues with the characters that we know. But I think what they would really like to do is build up... the newer characters before mm-hmm. the game comes out in the comics so you have a familiarity with the newer characters before the game comes out because I think that's part of the point here is mm-hmm. not only do they want to hook you and give you a nice Mortal Kombat comic but I think they'd like to introduce these new characters that look like they might be a major part of the game.
1: Alright that's going to do it for what we're reading this week brought to you by Fanscape Escape Comics and Cards again go see Bob check him out check all the stuff he's got but coming up next it's this week in Geek Tame we're going to be reviewing the Agent Carter series premiere did Marvel finally get television Television, right we'll let you know coming up next more on down and nerdy coming up next
0: all right let's all go to the lobby and grab ourselves a snack maybe a charleston chew perhaps some popcorn because it's this week in geek and why are we going old school with the candy because we're talking about the 1940s based agent carter that came out this past week and and i gotta tell you i was really excited about this going in and i'm still excited about it
1: marvel finally got television right so good for you marvel this You'll is know, what happens when you create a show that's not based entirely in filler.
0: You know what's funny is because the bummer part of it is is it's just a mini series. Right. <laughs> so it's not like, well, I mean they might they might decide to do something and bring it back, but for now it's just a se- I believe it's 7 part uh, miniseries. So that's the bummer about it. But basically if you've, uh, this is going to be spoiler filled by the way. So, you know, don't rip us a new one if you haven't watched it yet. Cause you should have watched it by now. No excuses. Um, the gist of it is, is it's basically uh, Pe- Agent Peggy Carter. Who's played by Haley Atwell is going to try to clear the name of Howard Stark, who's accused of selling weapons to the enemy pretty much. And I got to say that one of the things that stood out to me right away in this is they did a great job of capturing the time period, especially the misogynistic nature of the uh, 1946 workplace. That's for sure.
1: Exactly. Cause you know, she works at the quote unquote telephone company and um, which of course is the, you know, SSR home base coverage base, if you want to say. And uh, you know, so here's the thing is that, you know, when she's there at work, it's like Carter back in the briefing room. Oh, that means cover the phones, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, the thing was is that what I liked about this is that yes, it was based in nineteen forties, nineteen forty six to be exact. So of course you're gonna get that misogyny, the kind of feel towards it. But then you're gonna they made her such a strong character. Mm-hmm. However, even with the feministic type of writing, um, when it came to her, you know, the action stuff and everything else with her, making her such a strong character. Uh, they actually give her flaws, which I found to be really, really, really important. Because there's times in the show where she's rushing into things without thinking, and she's just, and to her, she has this kind of thing of like, well, these men, literally, she has this thing of like, well, these men think that I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm going to show them, but along the way, there's flaws that she kind of, you know, mistakes that she makes along the way. Being that in the last, any of the the second episode, you know, uh, we see that they uncover... Um, the license plate of Howard Stark's car
0: yes, that, that, yes. Her,
1: that her and Jarvis were in. So, you know, again, kind of somebody that's, you know, she's a strong character, but in a sense makes mistakes. She's not like, you know, uh, John McClane where he makes mistakes, but he just can't die or nothing really goes wrong or whatever. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. So speaking of just uh, getting away from Peggy for a second, let's talk about Jarvis. What did you think about the Jarvis character here?
1: I was happy to see um, to see Jarvis. I thought he did a really good job with him. I thought um, James Darcy, who plays Edwin Jarvis, um, I thought that he did a really good job. Uh, now, the thing is, he's only in three episodes. So keep in mind. He's been That's the bummer of it. So now remember, now here's, here's where this plays into the whole them tying into to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I believe they said that the vision is going to be Jarvis. Yes. And so I wish that they had Paul Bettany play Jarvis.
0: Yeah, I understand that. I mean, maybe they couldn't have gotten that to work for TV, even though, again, he's only in three episodes and it's a miniseries. So I don't know why they couldn't have worked it out. Um, I did like that. I did like the Jarvis character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, like you said, I thought he did a good job. All, all I could think was, you know what? He's awesome, but he isn't Alfred. No, that, that's, that's, that was the thing that I, that I kept coming back to. I understand. I mean, I know it's not really fair to compare the two maybe, but, uh, it had that feel. So I kind of got that vibe, especially since I just watched Gotham. Right. Uh, then I before, even though Alfred wasn't in that episode, it just, that came, that was it Bruce was Bruce Wayne. It was, it was in the back of my head. Yeah. You know? So I was thinking, okay, so he's not Alfred, but he's good. And the humor was on point. So I liked that. The humor
1: was on point. Um, you know, like, like I said, you know, uh, Uh, James Darcy did a good job. I just wish I think, for continuity. It's more, I think, for for continuity that they had... Which is funny,
0: because Marvel's all about continuity, and they did not do that here. No, they
1: did not. But, I mean, like, you know, you had Dooley played Shea Wingham, and uh, Lindsay Fonseca played Angie, and, you know, I think it was... you had that good balance, you know what I'm saying? Like I I said, before this even aired, I said one thing that had me excited about is that it's a build-up to something. It's a lead-up to something. And in episode one... You know, again, Howard Stark—he's being you know hunted pretty much through Congress and everything. He's, you know, because hey, did you sell you know weapons to the enemy? And you know, and can I say Dominic Cooper? What does a fantastic job?
0: He does a great job. The the whole thing with him on Capitol Hill and yeah. him arguing with the with the with the with the committee there—hilarious. And can I just say that? The cross casting of Dominic Cooper and Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark and Howard Stark, what a perfect mesh together yeah. that they had with them because you could totally see, you could totally see Howard Stark and oh, Tony yeah. Stark and the lineage there. They they played off each other so well, and and even in like the delivery and the way the humor is brought in that sarcastic humor, it totally fits. So they make it seem like they could actually be father and son. Well, here's the thing, Um,
1: you know, that scene where Howard Stark is on Capitol Hill, go back to Iron Man 2 when Tony Stark is being told, you know, by the the Senate, hand us your Iron Man stuff because it's dangerous, and he does the same exact thing pretty much, you know? So it was very reminiscent of that. Now, speaking of cross-characterization, let's go to cross scenery because Steve Rogers makes an appearance multiple times in the first episode
0: several yeah exactly and it was clips from Captain America the first Avenger for anybody who hadn't seen it yet that's basically what they did they worked clips in
1: yes but can I just tell you that by doing that they again made look Peggy look vulnerable they you know they show like yes. this is a woman who you know what ha- this shows what
0: happened after Steve went into the water you yeah, know like, and, and it shows that she's having a hard time letting that go and and rightfully so
1: yeah and I I thought that that was smart I thought that you know Again, it wasn't too plenty of a love story at all. I think because like, on, Steve's in the ocean; he's frozen right now, and Peggy. It's it's more about the show's more about her life after Captain America because you know she's applying for that one job at a hotel or something, mm-hmm. and she's like this. You know, a lot of people are telling her this isn't you know the war anymore. The war is over. You know, you you you, uh, you know you can't be Captain America and everything like that. You know, you're not his you know, supporter or whatever thing else. Right. He's, he's gone, you know, and, and and Jarvis pretty much says, you know, from the way I looked at it, you were his support. He wasn't your support. You know what I'm right. saying?
0: It's funny because it's a, it's a vulnerability for her, like you said, but she is so much wanting it to not be a vulnerability. She's fighting against it being a vulnerability, but there's that struggle there, that tug of war of she's having a hard time letting go of him, but at the same time, she doesn't want that to hold her back. So I liked the way that the way they presented it and presented that struggle that, okay, yeah, this still bothers me, but I don't want it to affect what I've got going on now.
1: Now, for people who are saying Captain America: Winter Soldier, that base that they're at, where you see like it's like it looks like to be the first ever Shield headquarters. The first two episodes, Shield is not here yet. It's not right. hasn't been created yet. But you get that call towards the end, at least the end of the first episode. From Jarvis, where he's like, he gets a call from Howard Stark, and he says, "Yes, yeah, she'll, she, we need her. She'll be a good partner and everything else in this." Right. So not only is it with clearing his name, but I, right there you saw the beginnings of the creation of Shield. I think.
0: Right. Exactly. They're you know, really laying the groundwork there, which I think was a smart thing to do. I like the fact that they, um, Leviathan is coming. I thought that that yep. was a nice, a nice touch. You know, a little bit of mystery there, and they made it. And they said it's not a person. And they're communicating through the typewriter, which is uh, reminiscent of, if I remember right, Fringe. They did that in Fringe as well. Yeah, that was the cross-dimensional uh, communication system. Was the typewriter? So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, the uh, if the implosive fusion bomb thing that uh, that was one of Howard Stark's weapons that they tracked down. That was really cool. Didn't that
1: though remind you of the casing and the coloring of, it, of the of the fusion stuff, like the pumpkins that? Like- Green Goblin, Goblin through?
0: Yes, it actually did. So I thought that that was a a little weird, but I mean, I understand that, well, I I guess you could have done it differently. I thought it was kind of funky though when you opened up the milk truck and there was like a thousand of them in there and I went, oh gosh. Although I will say when the truck goes off the cliff and falls into the water, I out loud, I literally said, that's convenient.
1: Exactly. Because
0: when it goes off the cliff, my first thought is, oh shit this thing's going to blow up. And then the water's there. And I'm like, oh, well, that kind of worked out well, didn't it? Yeah, it, it, it did. And like I said, I, the, everything from
1: the, the culture and so the scenes and the wardrobe, because that scene where she's dressed like Carmen Sandiego pretty much, and yeah. you see all these black suits walking by, it's like if she's the only r- array of color. That, that was good. Yeah, like, it really like, stood out, yeah. yeah. You know, I thought it was shot really well. Again, I wish and I hope that they actually, like, you know, keep it running. You know, say, I don't want this to be a miniseries. If they said, okay, we're going to give it like a uh, 13 or 14 episode season or whatever and see where it goes. Yeah. And now here's, here's the thing about it the ratings that finished second to CBS and NCI, uh, CBS's NCIS, and then literally, James, it literally
0: outperformed almost every episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the
1: second season. Here's my
0: thing, and this was the question I wanted to really discuss with you, because I thought about this. Given the problems that we've had with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. logistically, and seeing how this turned out, should Marvel start to focus more on doing several different miniseries as opposed to trying to do an ongoing series like (sighs) Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.?
1: I think that it's too late for that, because you've already cemented Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. even though it doesn't have the greatest of ratings. And viewership, um, you still you, you really went balls deep into it, so they went past the point of no return.
0: Well, I'm not saying cancel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now, what I'm saying is going forward, but is, where this, you... is this the formula they should work with?
1: Well, here's the thing, though, where would you go after Agent Carter?
0: Well, I mean, they're already going to do Daredevil and Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. I, uh, I
1: know, I know that, but I'm saying, like, are we talking about like what they should do with ABC? Is already well, what if
0: they did, what if they did, say, a like a Mandarin miniseries? Because there's the whole, there's the whole, maybe Ben Kingsley was the Mandarin after all, and the whole Guy Ritchie thing was just BS. Maybe you go, because they do all these short films uh, as extra features. Maybe you open those up a little, because don't forget, Agent Carter started as a short film, as a a Blu-ray extra. Right. So maybe they take some of these shorter films and make them into, not necessarily seven parts, maybe a four part, a five part miniseries, and do more of that as opposed to trying to run an ongoing series.
1: No, I I don't think so. I think because the reason, and here's why, you talk about, okay, the Mandarin series and everything else. Well, I if they're going to, I don't think they should do that because I, I just, why? I just think that we talk about, like, Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, that's one thing, but to focus something on, like somebody like the Mandarin and everything else, I well, not just... I just use
0: that as an example. Right, I mean, but I'm saying,
1: could... outside, of, outside of, like, Agent Carter and kind of like that main MCU universe, I don't think there's really anything, you know to build upon. I think that if they're gonna do that way with the miniseries series route, you're gonna see it go towards more of a Netflix thing. I doubt they're gonna see ABC because if you have all these mini you know, with Agents of Shield, it convolutes it. The reason why Agent Carter I think works so well, even though it's on this, around you know the same time Agents of Shield is going on, um, is because it's a build up to Shield. You know, it's a build up to something. Right. Whereas everything else is totally separate. And it's like I don't know where you could go because you want to again. We said it. Marvel's all about that continuity. So where do you go? You know what I'm saying? It's like right. you do. You, you don't. Do you want you know? Do you want the continuity or do you want to just make miniseries? Just make miniseries. And again, it's all about they're all about tying things together. How are you going to tie certain miniseries together? We don't know. So again, I think that Marvel is seeing the problems with Agents of Shield, and again, they're going with Agent Carter. You know, because the same thing can be said. Okay. Well, could they maybe do like a, a Nova Prime's TV show or something like that? Right. You know, or, you know, again, it's just, I think it'd be too many projects because.
0: Well, I mean, Marvel does it with their comics. You uh, I mean you go to Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards, and it seems like everybody has got a single issue now. Right. So that's why I was wondering. I mean, maybe you try that. But I mean, I see your point, and and I it's... and I don't I don't necessarily disagree with it. It just seems like they couldn't get it right with Ages of Shield because it was more of a long a long play, and they know that this is going to be a short run, and they seem to be able to get it right. So I'm wondering if maybe they found a formula here. Is what I was thinking.
1: Well, maybe, but the thing is, though. Is again, it's all about the continuity. That's what it comes down to is how as Marvel, you know, again, they're not DC. DC and Warner Bros. came out and said that, you know, the TV universe and the cinematic universe are different things. If this is an if, if Marvel's cinematic universe was separate from the TV universe, I could see those things happening. But because it's tied in, everything's all tied into one thing, I don't see it happening. I think it'd be too convoluted, I think it'd be too confusing.
0: Well, regardless, we're enjoying Agent Carter. And speaking of tying things in, boy, do we have a bunch of nerd news to tie in for you, including a bunch of release dates. We'll kick off nerd news with that up next on Down and Nerdy.
1: Well, it's that time, boys and girls, nerds and nerds alike, where we go around the interweb and discuss what's trending, because it's time for what, James? Nerd News! And before we get started, we got some release dates to announce, James. And
0: we're just going to run through these, um, so we don't actually talk about each and every one we talked about. It, we're like, we're just going to run through them. Uh, if you want any details beyond that, you can go to facebook.com slash nerdy. So I'm going to go with Daredevil. It's going to be coming out April 10th 2015 which is way sooner than we expected so so excited about that still no word uh, Jessica Jones or Luke Cage. But Nick, there's a lot of cinematic movies that are going to be coming out. Assassin's Creed, Gambit, why don't you run through the list of those?
1: Alright, so the list goes like this according to Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Assassin's Creed, the movie which stars Michael Fassbender will hit theaters December 21st of 2016. Gambit starring Channing Tatum will be released October 7th, 2016. So ladies, you want your little taste of pumpkin spice Cajun, there you go. And the third and currently untitled Planet of the Apes movie has been pushed from July 29th, 2016 to July 14th, 2017. Meanwhile, this one I'm least excited about. The Fantastic Four 2 has moved up a month from July 14th, 2017, to June 2nd, 2, 2017.
0: So they can keep pushing that back as far as they want, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Yes, <laughs> keep pushing it back. Uh, we don't want to get too deep into discussion here, but uh, one you're most excited about?
1: Oh, definitely Plan of the Apes. Definitely Plan of the Apes. I loved, because the way the Dawn of the Plan of the Apes um, happened or ended. It ends up where like you know it's gonna be an all out war now between the humans and the apes.
0: I'm gonna go with Assassin's Creed only because it's it's been it's about time we've had an Assassin's Creed movie, and I think Michael Fassbender is gonna do a fantastic job. Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wasn't gonna say Daredevil, but I'm like, I was really excited about that. So, and as far as cinematic goes, I mean, Planet of the Apes. I love the way they redid it. it. It's fantastic. But our first nerd nerd news story, James. Well, speaking of box office, 2014 wasn't really a good year for the box office.
0: No, because it looks like across the board, box office numbers were down 5% this year. And, you know, there's a lot of discussion as to why this is happening. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to be all, you know, get the Cue the X Files music, and I'm going to go all conspiracy theory on us right now. Um,. I'm going to go ahead and say, because I was one of the few people that said this whole uh, interview thing with the interview was a little bit more than it, uh, well, there was a little bit more going on there than meets the eye and that the movie would eventually come out and it did. I'm starting to wonder, and I'm not saying that this, that the whole Sony hack thing was, uh, was, a, was a plot. I'm not, I'm not saying that, I'm not going that far, but I am wondering, because let's face it, if we're being totally honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. the interview was never gonna make a lot of money at the box office.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing: is that you know, it it had the new Annie remake to go up against, it had to go up against Unbroken, which is Angelina Jolie's film, which is also mind you a Sony film too. Right. So mind you, so they moved it, and again, it made like fifteen, you know, made it pretty much made what it was originally going to make in theaters with VOD, and um, I rented it. For like five bucks on YouTube uh, for a couple of days, and I liked it. But you know, when you look at, at the Sony thing and just uh, the box office in general, I think it's because this is a sign. A lot of people are saying 2014 the lowest number of attendees since 1994 is one, it made one made 1.24 billion. Uh, 2014 1.26 billion was made, but the thing is, a lot of people don't want to go to the theaters anymore.
0: No, and I think that what I was trying to get at was I think that what happened with the interview or kind of what they were forced to do with the interview, I think they were testing the waters to see how could we do if we just released this on VOD... I mean, it's not like it was before when a movie would go straight to DVD. Or now here's VHS. the question. I think they were they were testing to see if certain movies can just go straight to VOD and make it seem like it's a special thing and getting it almost immediately and see how much money they can make off of
1: it. Now, here's a question, too, and I'm not saying that somebody did this as well because um, it would it, be really illegal for them to do it, but when the, uh, the threat was made for the interview that there were going to be bombings and everything else happening at the theaters... Do you think that it kind of showed that theaters are going to think more about their own bottom line kind of thing instead of taking on a, a, a movie, pretty much?
0: Yeah, I think that what what you well what you started to see is especially with these new. Um, with these new multi-purpose theaters with where it's like luxury seating, like yeah. giant seating, stuff like that, what you're seeing is fewer screens, better movies. Yeah. So I think that your point of the bottom line is, is very valid because there's not a lot of great movies out and there's not a lot of movies with a lot of staying power anymore. So what you're finding is you're finding smaller theaters Fewer screens, more amenities to try and draw people in because let's face it, the interview was going to make what it was going to make in its first week. It was going to make probably fifty percent less in the next week. So you were ballparking, but lucky if you got fifty when you were done.
1: And the thing is, too, is you know we live in Virginia Beach, and you know there's things called you know uh, Virginia Beach movie Bistros and cinema cafes where you get to sit at a table and order food like a restaurant. Yeah, I and, love those places. And I love those. Yeah, I love those places too. Um, and it's just it's one of those things. Where movie theaters nowadays, yeah, they got the chicken fingers and everything else, but nope. But here, you don't have to get from your seat if you want to get a thing of popcorn. You can just do like at cinema cafe. Just put your folder, your menu up. Some or, pre- or nowadays, you press a button, uh, server come up very quietly, ask what you want, and there you go. You can still watch the movie. That's the thing is that. The age of the movie theater nowadays, I think, it's like I said. The summer I thought was a uh, wasn't really one of the best summers on record. Not a lot of great films came out this summer, um, but this was a test because it's like again, you got the luxury seating, you have you know the hot food you can order right from your seat, you know, and again, video video on demand. Why would somebody want to spend the gas? Want to worry about getting to the theater? What and waiting in line? For it to be for a show to be sold out, especially if you have kids, right? You know, when you have kids, you have to say, okay, we're going to go at this time. And it's like, well, you know, cause it's, it's happened to me before when I worked box office at a movie theater once, and it was just a regular movie theater. And a guy had a couple kids with him, and they wanted to see a movie at one time, but it was sold out, and the next movie didn't play for another two, three hours.
0: Yeah, and then you're risking meltdown, people, and parents. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Now, granted,
1: we were in a mall, but who wants to walk around the mall with two little kids for? Two hours, you know what I'm
0: saying? Not only that, but what what we're missing here is people are always going to want the conveniences of home. That's yes, why pe- that's why these movie theaters are doing this. But let's face it, and and I've got a and I've got a young son, and you know, and I can't always get out to a movie theater. But that's beside the point. What I'm saying is, is if you know, like, if your kid has to use the restroom, or if you do, or if you run out of soda, or if you want another snack, guess what you can do at home? You can pause the movie.
1: If you want to put the hole in the bucket of popcorn without the worry of getting kicked out of the theater,
0: feel free to do that. That's right. If my son starts crying at the top of his lungs and I didn't hear what Michael Fassbender just said, guess what? I can go back on my own two minutes and and see what he said. Or I can pause it until he's done and I can shove a bottle in his mouth. I can't do that in a movie theater and I can't tell 10, 15 people to shut the hell up. Either. And you here's know, the- sometimes you got people talking, checking mm-hmm. their phones. And, and here's, you're not gonna be able to get away from that.
1: And here's the thing too, you know, going back to the interview. Now YouTube had two options. You can either A rent it for like five bucks for a couple of days, like, for like forty-eight hours to watch it before you couldn't watch it anymore. Um, or you can spend fifteen dollars and just buy the movie and have it right. with you forever. And when you have kids, okay, so you have you, your wife and your son. Ticket. You're gonna spend thirty dollars, you know, before concessions on tickets. Yeah, I mean,
0: you're talking, you're talking almost seventy-five to a hundred dollars to see a movie nowadays. And That's not exaggerating, people. That's real life. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't been to the movies in a while, that's. I mean, just me and my wife. If we go to a place like a beach movie bistro or a cinema cafe that we have here in Virginia Beach, I mean, granted, it's it's more expensive food, but all in, you're talking you know, well above $50 after tickets and stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. even with the matinee. So, I mean, why wouldn't I want to own something? Now, I understand that for certain movies this year, they tested out, uh, if, you buy the, if you buy a ticket for the movie, you would get a, for a little bit of an upgrade fee, you get a ultraviolet digital copy yeah. of the movie when it was released. So I think that they were testing stuff like that out too. And that's, you know, they're, they're giving you more incentives, but at the same time, nothing will ever beat the comforts of home.
1: Right, but now, that's not to say the movie theater is going to go away. I don't think oh, they're going no, to go away. No, Because, you know, are still going to see them. Because, again, people still want, even though you've got the comforts from home, people go in the movies just to go out. You know what I'm saying? Not
0: only that, but, I mean, when you've got a movie like, say, a Batman versus Superman or an Avengers Age of Ultron, you want that, Big screen surround sound experience. Now, I know you can have some, you've got really good screens at home. You've got really good, you know, surround sound at home. I get that. But there's something about that theater and that massive movie screen, and in some cases, IMAX.
1: And again, it comes down to. Yeah, the, the screen – the theater experience as well is one thing, but like going, going back to concessions, that's the most – I think that's what – that's what – on Facebook, a lot of my friends who got the interview were like got – you know, pop some popcorn and ordered a pizza or went out and bought a, you know some food and making it now and watching the interview. It's like that's what people want. Like I live down the street from a, a, from a, a grocery store. I can just say, hey, and this is what I did. I right. got the interview. I drove the two minutes to the grocery store, got a pizza and a, and a thing of soda and it was just like, there we go. I'm, I'm all set. Your you options
0: know? are unlimited. No matter how much you expand these theaters, your options will always be limited. Exactly. No matter what you do.
1: Exactly. And so our next story, James, we're going to travel. You mentioned DC and Batman versus Superman, but there was a time, travel back to 1984, when you were about 50 years old, James. That's right. <laughs> uh, when Marvel almost bought DC.
0: And it's hard to imagine that that would have ever happened, but apparently it did, and could you imagine the ramifications if that would have happened? But go ahead. What were the details of that? Let everybody know what the details were.
1: Okay, well, there's a new one-shot web short Variant Counts put out, which is a two-minute presentation about how the time in 1984... Warner Brothers almost closed down the DC Comics publishing imprint and licensed the characters to Marvel. But Marvel, what they did was they, they declined it because at the time, they saw that the reasoning that DC was failing was because of the characters, not because of the management. Now, which is kind of...
0: <laughs> and it,
1: yes. I'm sorry. And,
0: I'm sorry. Go on. And
1: now, ironically, over a decade later, Marvel spiraled into bankruptcy and before it was totally out, they had also their fair share of buyers as well. But had Marvel bought the rights, they said that Marvel would have canceled the DC lineup and restarted with the best-selling DC characters at the time, which were Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Justice League, New Teen Titans, and Legion of Superheroes. Wow. Think
0: so about that have, for a second.
1: So they would have canceled Aquaman. cancel Flash. Flash. They would have canceled everything and just started off fresh with the seventh best Sellers at the time, again, those best sellers at the time were Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Justice League, New Teen Titans, and Legion of Superheroes, which I don't know shit about Legion of Superheroes. Yeah,
0: that, That's a blast. That's an 80s thing right there. That's definitely. And they're actually talking about bringing that back at some point, too. But we'll, we'll get to that a little later. I want to say this right now before we even start this discussion. I never want DC to buy Marvel, and I never want Marvel to buy DC.
1: Ever. No, no, because, well, one, the Monopoly wouldn't work well. It's kind of like in the video game market when EA got their official rights to Madden and 2K couldn't make the games anymore. What happens? The games just suck now. When, I like, when you, when you think of comic books, what do you think of? Marvel versus DC. You think of, you know, those, mm-hmm. like we, we talked about, was it, last week or a couple weeks ago, that fan trailer of Marvel versus DC and how yes. great of an idea that would have been, or, or be if it was possible at all. Competition is good especially between two giants as marvel and dc
0: you need competition because it one forces the other to be better than they are even yes. if one tends to be doing a little bit better like marvel's selling more comics right now marvel's movies are are, are, are beating out because you know dc doesn't have any but doesn't that make dc want to go you know what let's beat those sons of bitches at their own game let's go out make the best movies we can and then we'll be on top and then marvel looks at dc's tv lineup and says Screw that. We're going to come out with our TV lineup and we're going to bury them and we're going to make them wish they never tried to do anything. It's that competition. It's that fire that fuels them to give us, the consumers and the fans, a better product. Why wouldn't you want competition? Not only that, but think about this. Let's say if Marvel did buy DC, Okay. Marvel always had their characters. So they've got a, you know, certain, you know, they love their guys. It's those are their guys. You bring in new guys and even though it's a Batman or a Superman or what have you, they're still going to, I would think that even if it was the other way around, you're, you're going to lessen them in the eyes of your reader because you always want your flagship characters to always stand out on top.
1: Exactly. And uh, like, again, they mentioned Justice League, but remember, no Aquaman was mentioned, no Cyborg, no nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they would have Justice League, no Flash. So right. if Marvel had absolved DC's characters, they say, you know, we're going to buy the, the characters out, right, and buy the rights to them. Who knows if we would have had the Flash or Arrow TV series? Who who knows? And the thing is, like I said, you can't have one entity control everything because that's a monopoly no. and it's not good for business. It's not good it's not good for imagine, for imagination overall and creativity.
0: No, and, and I think that this would have hurt the, the bullpen. Back at the time, this would have hurt, you know, we wouldn't have as many artists, as many writers as we do, because, I mean, look at how many writers are are stretching themselves over several comics now in Marvel and DC over several series. I mean, imagine how much more strained it would be now. They wouldn't necessarily hire more people. There would be less opportunities out there. So what do you do with that? Well, what you do is you don't let it happen. And I'm not even sure it would have happened. Even if they tried to make the sale, it might've been stopped in, uh, in Andrew Tusk Court. It might've been considered a monopoly. They might not have even let it happen. Or they might've just said, ah, it's comics. Let's look the other way. I don't know. But I think that we should all be glad this, that this didn't happen. I think that Anybody who really sits down and thinks about it should should know we never want this to happen.
1: Now, something that's not happening, as in DC and Marvel combining, one thing that is happening, that has happened, is that Kick-Ass 2 director Jeff Wadlow turned in a script based on the 80s toy and animation franchise Masters of the Universe on Christmas Eve. And according to a tweet from Devin Franklin, he said that, Wadlow is working twenty four seven. We'll have a draft into the studio for the holidays by the power of grace, God. This will happen. This is this is going to be more than I think. This is going to be greenlit. I believe Franklin has also went on record and said that um, they want to greenlight this thing. They want to make this happen.
0: Yeah, this this is definitely going to happen because let's face it: the first time Columbia had a shot at this in the '80s, it was a disaster. Oh, oh God! G-
1: oh, Gary Goddard directed it, and they oh. Franklin Jello was in it. Now the thing is, is that what what again? What made that '80s movie so terrible is they did what Super Mario's did was let's put it in the real world. Let's take it out of the fiction world. Let's put it in the right. real world. You don't do that with fucking He-Man, you know.
0: Right. Well, luckily the way that effects are now and the advancement in CGI attorney is going to be in this movie. And now don't forget, Waldo was brought into this production back in April to rewrite it. Yeah. Previous drafts done by three different teams of writers. And don't forget, Waldo's also is also kind of attached to the X-Force with Fox. So we don't really know what's going on there. Not that he couldn't handle both, but I think that even more than X-Force, I would, I'm very excited to see another He-Man movie. I would love to see He-Man finally come back to the big screen. As, as a matter of fact, after reading uh, the DC Comics Masters of the Universe that uh, Pop Man has done the art in, yeah. I could visually see how this movie would look on the big screen. Have you just seen, yes. seen Cat on the screen? How, I would uh, think Battle Cat, even Skeletor. Could you imagine? Oh my God, what they're going to be able to do with Skeletor? But,
1: and, and if you're wondering, yeah, Wadlow is expected to direct. Even though the official release date hasn't been yes. released, he yes. is expected to direct. Which I thought, you know, say what you will about Kickass Two. I kind of I liked it. Uh, I thought he did a great job with Kickass. I think he can do a good job in Masters of the Universe. Uh, I I am excited. I've never like I said I never watched. I mean, Master Zebras, James, I know you're a much bigger fan of it than I am. I
0: had all the figures, man. I had Castle Gray Skull when I was a kid. I had everything. Did you
1: brush uh, Prince Adam's hair every night?
0: I, I did. I did really you. did. And, and the
1: loincloth, too.
0: I, absolutely. You got to keep it nice and fluffed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Moving on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we all love we all love alien i wasn't really a big fan of prometheus at first i liked it, then i watched it a second time like yeah it was kind of not good uh, it's just not really good um so director neil blumkamp who is directing Chappie, he has his upcoming film he's also known for of course district 9 um well he re-released some concept art james of a alien project that apparently he was working on but apparently, he said that the studio didn't know he was working on it. But he, I, I think, what he did was, he went to the st- he pretty much did this. He's like, you know, what, I'm just gonna leave this here yeah. for you to see because the artwork, holy shit, it's yeah, amazing.
0: I- and I mean if you look at the the stuff that's based on Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley I mean it's it's pretty intense stuff. She
1: looks like she's one of the pictures she looks like she's in a Xenomorph esque space suit.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a morphed Xenomorph look with with a human uh, with the human face. It's kind of funky. So it's hard to say is I mean is this a suit? Is it not? So, I mean, the concept art, I mean, even the visual art of, like, backgrounds and stuff.
1: Whalen corporations. Yeah,
0: looked very, very involved. the and- picture of
1: Sigourney Weaver and Hicks. And Hicks, remember, he has half his face is pretty much melted from the acid, so he has half his face is melted and everything exactly. else. Exactly. Um, and, mind you, the one picture that really stands up to me a lot other th- is, other than, the course, of Sigourney Weaver wearing that helmet, is the ship from... Uh, Prometheus pretty
0: much what it looks like. Yes. Is it like this exactly. hangar at Whaling Corporation? So, um, the thing that gets me about this story is: is uh, are we really supposed to believe? That he was just working on this for kids. No, no, he I mean, wasn't. Come on. I mean, it's... I know, I know, we're backtracking now, and something went down, and that's why this isn't happening. But <sighs> there's no way he was just working on this on his own. Nobody has that much free time on their
1: part. Of, part of me also thinks that this was in production. I think the studio did know about it, but they doing it to gauge interest, and there's interest out there because I guess that Prometheus had a lot of problems. It had a lot of problems, Prometheus did. And I think what the, what the franchise needs is somebody, like with J.J. Abrams in Star Wars, somebody to take away Aliens from Ridley Scott.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, when you went to Bob's Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach and got the Aliens comic, you were very excited about it. And it I was! And something that you really liked, so... Firestone was great! I mean they're building the groundwork here for bringing the franchise back without rebooting it. And I think that that's the key. You want to try and bring it back and, without rebooting it.
1: And also one of the pictures is of the face hugger and it looks totally different. It's not the typical scorpion esque look. It's like the sluggish kind of has like the, right. it's the Y antenna. And it's really everything. I mean, everything from the egg design, where instead of opening the into, into, you know, uh, Quads—it's going to open into two halves. So I mean, they pretty much redid a lot of stuff.
0: Which I think and, that they, which I think they're at to to do. Other than I mean, well, I know that there's a little bit of a controversy with the Terminator movie coming out. They're saying that the Terminator is going to look different in Genesis, and people are a little upset about I that. Saw,
1: well, I saw the picture of Terminator. It doesn't look that much different. It but, looks I mean, maybe well, the, maybe maybe the the T1000. Yes, yeah, so the T800 right. looks pretty much the same now. If you look at one of the pictures for the alien, okay, it's one of ones towards the bottom. It says Alien Xeno. So does that mean that that could have been the possible title
0: for it? I'm starting to wonder if that's what the title, because I'm looking at that right now, and you're right. It, it's, that seems to be in a couple of different places. Yeah. So I'm wondering, yeah, if that would have been the title. I don't know if there's some canon for that, if there's something that we can, you know, maybe do a little bit more digging on that and see if that might have been the title. And And what is that? That's yeah. the other thing. May, may, is it something that that's known and and we're just not coming up with it here, or it's not known unless you're balls deep in the alien universe? <laughs> right. I don't know. So if so, I mean, hey, go to facebook.com slash down and nerdy. Let us know. Email us down and nerdy podcast at gmail.com. If you know more about this than we do, we want to hear about it.
1: Yeah. I, I, again, you, know, you had pictures of xenomorph in there. Of course, xenomorphs look like a xenomorph. You know. Yeah. Um, so that's really groundbreaking there. But again, I think that with Blum I would like to see this done. This is his vision. This is what he wants. Again, I think that's what he did. He did it as, oh, yeah, oh the studio didn't know about this. But the thing is, though, why would you do that kind of concept art, that detailed, without the studio knowing? You know what I'm saying? People are saying, oh, maybe he was to make his own Alien movie. Well, he can't really no, do that because no, he doesn't have yeah. the rights to it. He can't do it without, not, without having the rights to it. You can't just I th- make a movie. <laughs> I think that... The that like the studio is thinking about doing it, and I think Blumkamp did it by saying, "Hey, um, I have this. What do you guys think? Should we do it?" Because again, Prometheus Two is going to be like, coming out, and again, a lot of people, including myself, didn't really like Prometheus One. had a lot of problems with the script and just you know, was all over the place. Um, I thought it ended. If you, where it ended, and it was, it's a spoiler, but where we see the Xeno, the first ever xenomorph. Right there is when like okay, you can take the keys out of Scott's hands and put it in the hands of uh, of Blumkamp because right there it's like okay, we don't really care about what happened um, you know at the end of Prometheus with her and David going off and flying off, finding other things or whatever. It's like that's over with, you know. It's, that's you know, and that's why I think the ship is. I think the ship is she came back. So part of me thinks that Prometheus two. I wish it wasn't happening because I want to see this. I'd rather see this that's because the moment I saw Sigourney Weaver in that suit, I'm like, I'm in. I am fucking in right now.
0: Here's the deal. In the social media age, yes. you can gauge interest more than you ever have been before. Right. And you can make anything look like a leak. Right. So that's exactly what they're doing. You're absolutely right. They're doing this to gauge interest interest. So we'll see based on what what's happening now if this project suddenly mysteriously gets green lit.
1: Well that's gonna do it for nerd news. Come up next we're gonna be discussing why on earth comic book publishers are turning bad guys into good guys. Do we like it? What's behind it? We'll let you know. Come up next. It's our main topic on Down and Nerdy.
0: Meanwhile from the Legion of Doom we're all good guys now and that's what we're going to be discussing this week because I don't know what's been going on Nick and this is not know. necessarily was... a new thing but it seems like more and more from the big two Marvel and DC we're starting to see more villains show their hero side.
1: Well, I mean, I was watching TV the other night and then you know the NFL has their Play 60 campaign going on and I just saw Rhino, you know, playing football with children and it was just, he had a smile on his face and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And then of course, you know, you had the United way and everything else. And, and I swear to God, I saw, you know, hush just, you know, in a soup kitchen and, and Hobgob was dropping off his old cloaks at Goodwill. What the fuck is going on here?
0: I don't know. And, I mean, I think that part of it is with the Universal Monsters as well, how they're making all these movies with the Universal Monsters, and they're, they're suddenly heroes now, and I well, don't understand. Well, here's the
1: thing. Well, here's the thing. If you go back to spinning Universal Monsters, you go back to the first original Frankenstein movie, all right, the black-and-white version, there's a scene. It's a very pivotal and famous scene where he sees this little girl by the river, and you think to yourself, oh, God, is he going to yep. kill her? And she gives him a flower, and we end up seeing him and her react and say, he's not the monster, the people are the monster. Right,
0: in Frankenstein's case, that's absolutely right. Frankenstein was never really the monster. But so I don't, I'm in his sorry. Case, that's true. Uh,
1: I'm sorry, but I don't need to see my vampires go from, you know, I'm going to suck your blood and, you know, destroy this town to, I don't know if I love you anymore, Bella. I just don't know.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I know that this this kind of started, and I don't want to say that this is exactly when it started, but one of the first kind of times I can remember this happening was with Venom. Venom yeah. was such a popular character, despite but, being a terrible villain in Marvel, that eventually they just decided, you know, this guy's too popular. We need to hero him up so we could sell more books.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. They did it in the right way, in a sense, of Venom, because they brought along Carnage, who is, of course, stronger than Venom, and Spider-Man couldn't defeat him, so again, it's always that thing, you're always going to have it, whether in literature or film, where the bad guys and the good guys team up even if it's for a little bit, because after shortly, Venom, of course, went after Spider-Man again. But it's always one of those kind of like, you're giving fans service in a sense, like, oh, I'd love to see Venom and Spider-Man team up. And I thought it was very well. Uh, but then you get something like, I want to see Bob or Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach, and, and this was a while back, and this was when the Carnage comic came out during the Axis run. And I see the comic, the cover. I'm like, "Oh my god, they finally gave Carnage a a, a, a series!" Like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be like I thought he was similar to like Magneto or Deathstroke, yep. where he was still pretty evil or Sinestro." Nope. What's the first thing that opens up? Opens up with, "Hey, Doctor Doom turn around world on axis. I'm gonna be a good guy now." F- the fuck you are! my my, made my fucking penis go cry and and go 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 down. I was.
0: I'm looking at a list. I wrote down several names here that they've kind of been heroed up and they were a vill- at least a villain at some point and they've been heroed up more, especially recently. So I'm just going to read off the list. We got Venom, Carnage, Lex Luthor, Deathstroke, albeit briefly. <laughs> uh, Deadpool could have been considered a villain.
1: He's an he's, anti-hero. I consider Deadpool Deadpool anti-hero. He's
0: been, he's been a little bit heroed up. Captain Cold, Doc Ock, Superior Spider-Man, I know that he wasn't exactly Spider-Man, but he was here it up. Yes. Suicide Squad. That one is okay for me. Yeah. Suicide Squad. I can be okay with that. Catwoman. Harley Quinn. That's yep. the list that I have. I'm not, I know there's more, but that's the list that I could come up with off the top of my head. And
1: even now, if you're if you're reading Batman Eternal, Killer Croc has been kind of heroed up a little bit as well. Yeah,
0: yeah and he's been he's definitely uh, gone back and forth as to being hero or villain. And even Two Face has yes. gone back and forth. Of course, that's more about him battling with the two sides of himself. But still, I mean, you look at that list and you think why you've got plenty of heroes already and the new villains you're creating on both sides by the way marvel and dc mm-hmm. the new villains you're creating aren't as good no as these <laughs> villains i gotta tell you, especially lex luthor i don't want lex luthor to That's be the a
1: hero That's the thing. Going back to carnage you know i stopped reading it for the first issue because so i'm like you know literally fuck this you know kind of thing, and. From what I've I've read on synopsis from later issues, it's pretty much like, oh, is still trying to be good, but he ends up killing people on accident. It's like, how many happy accidents can you fucking
0: have? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, eventually you learn that you just need to relax and don't do it, you know? I mean... Yeah. It- I don't understand why it's so difficult. Why you've got to drag that out for several issues? Now I know in Lex Luthor's case, if you're reading the Justice League run now, you know he's got something up his sleeve. But still, he's still ha- y- you're- he's giving you like he's giving money to charity and and giving people jobs because oh. they need because they they need the- a helping hand. And I'm like, wait a second. Wait a minute! You're the one percent. You don't
1: give a shit about the ninety nine percent, Lex no, Luthor.
0: Don't. Do this? Let him be Lex Luthor, for God's sakes. Why do we have to do this? It's like can you imagine
1: if can you imagine? And this would be the cardinal sin. Hey, Joker, you're a good guy now.
0: Oh no. If that happens, oh Oh, God. Can you imagine? Oh, that would that would really hurt. That one (laughs) would hurt. But I mean, even see Deathstroke go good, even for a little bit, is weird for me. I know yeah. he goes where the money is, but at the same time, this is a ruthless assassin. And that's How can he be a good guy?
1: And that's the thing is that you look at something like the Deathstroke comic DC is doing, but they got it right to where like he's still yes. this assassin. He, you know, the, I'm sorry, I was spoiled in this last issue that just came out, issue three. He kills his own fucking father. Yeah, like I'm, I was like, dude, holy shit! Like he has still has no remorse. You know, he's. And now, uh,
0: you know, these parents can be him going up against the Suicide Squad, in a sense. Here's my thing. I don't understand. And, and comics are being made more for adults now than ever. Yep. Why can't we just... If you, if, if you think a character's popular, fine, I get that, and I know you want to sell books. Why can't you give them their own comic mm-hmm. without thinking that they need to be a hero? Right. And I think that maybe... Maybe we're getting a little bit of that with the Sinestro comics, Magneto, the Deathstroke run that just came out. Maybe they really are starting to understand, huh? Maybe we don't need to hero these guys up anymore because if they're popular, they'll sell books no matter what.
1: Yeah, and w- when we had Colin Bonan weeks ago, um, you know, we talked about Sinestro, and you know, one of the things we talked about was again, you know, it, Sinestro. Yeah, he he's you know trying to get this little group. Back to the head of the Green Lantern Corps earlier in the issues. But remember, he's still a son of a bitch. Like yes. he's still all about himself, pretty much. You know? So I mean, I mean, this is a guy who in the series has conquered parallax. Like he can shoot parallax out of his ring and control him like a right. dog on a leash.
0: Which is badass.
1: Yeah. So I mean, this is I mean, this is a guy in the last issue I read actually this morning. This is a guy who can pr- shot an image of dark side out of his ring.
0: That's pretty, that's intense. Yeah. That's, dude. Very, that's very intense. Yeah, man. So I mean, I mean, I look at a run that, that like Harley Quinn, and I, I'm still reading it because I, I like the character, but at the same time I look at this and I, and, and I like it cause it's funny and it's fun. Right. That's why I read it. But I, there's so many times when I read this and I do enjoy it. I want to put that out there right now. But I, I read it and I said this is not Harley Quinn. No, it's just not. And then Poison Ivy and her are like BFF and they're like roller skating together and shit. And it's like, yep. what what is going on? This is not. She's not crazy evil and then anymore. Girls, she's just and, crazy.
1: And girls just want to have fun. She starts playing in the background, and it's just like, it's, I don't I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Like I understand. I understand if you're trying to team them up to if to team them up with the hero of your story or your comic, to defeat a greater evil is one thing, but to outright change them into a good person like in Carnage, that's crossing the line, I think, because, again, you know, people want to pick up the Carnage books and there are these other books that are based on these bad guys because they want to see what the world's like from the bad guy point of view. You know, that's why something like Assault on Arkham was so great as a film. Why? Because it focused on the bad guys. And Batman was barely the factor in it. He was barely right. the character in it, The right. focus. People want to see what it's like to be bad. You know, that's why like, when you when going to video games, Sonic Adventure 2 for the Dreamcast, you got to be the good side, but you have to be the bad side as well.
0: They did that with the Star Wars game on yeah. PS1 as well. I don't remember the title off the top of my head, but you could play for the for the good or you could play for the dark side. Yep. You could play for the Rebels or the Dark Side. Either way. I believe it's was uh,
1: Shells the Empire, I think or yeah, I think like that's that.
0: what it was, yeah. But uh, like like to your point, when uh, the Forever Evil arc was going on for DC, and you had Ultraman and his group come over trying to basically destroy our Earth and take it for themselves. So Lex Luthor said, Nope, that's not happening. And they and Lex Luthor did team up with uh with the Justice League and, and help them out to to uh to help out. Uh, and so did the rogues. Uh Captain Cold and his rogues helped out to try and get them out of here and take the earth back. I, f- what you're saying. I, I totally understand that. And I, and I agree that sometimes it's necessary, but you don't have to take that and then spin it off and do, Oh, they're good now because basically at the end against spoiler alert, if you, if you ever intend on reading forever evil <laughs> is that for their service and helping defeat Ultraman and his group, Lex Luthor and captain cold were given full pardons. Right. Records wiped clean done. Okay. So you've got options then. So now you've got a clean record. So instead they made them go good instead of them going, Oh, so my records clean, huh? I'm going to do something worse than I've ever done now because my record is clean and you're not going to be watching me as, as much as you were before. That's what evil does. They do what they do for their own selfish reasons and then they end up screwing you right away. So I, I don't know if they're playing the long game with Lex Luthor here, but I don't understand why you can't just let the heroes be the heroes and let the classic villains... And I'm not talking about lower-level guys that just... You know, they're not cutting it as villains, so maybe they're going to try something different. Right. I'm talking I mean, about your main
1: hardcore villains. Yeah, we're not talking about Bob from Hydra getting his own run.
0: Right, exactly. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about guys like, like you said, the Joker... Lex Luthor, people like that. I don't want to see them as heroes. I don't care.
1: Now, Lex Luthor is interesting because if he's a good guy, if he has the bad intentions, like if he's just doing it to save face, but in the back, if he's got some cooking on the evil on the opposite side, that's interesting. But if he's just flat out, hi, I'm Lex Luthor. Did you know that every year 22 orphans get malaria? You know, it, you know save our children kind of thing. If he's just straight out humanitarian, then, you know... No, man, that's not really who he is. I know? mean, they've,
0: they've kept the douchiness and there's, and there's this whole thing with him trying to, you know, see, find out if Bruce, Bruce Wayne really is Batman. So there's that whole infighting between who's smarter, Bruce Wayne or Lex Luthor kind of thing, which it, it's been interesting. And I'm not going to say it's not interesting because they're doing a good job with it. I'm just I saying, ju- I don't want it.
1: I can just see it now. Hi, I'm Norman Osborn. Every year, 20,000 douchebags go to the Jersey Shore all tanned up. Let's, 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 uh, let's, let's put an end to that. For 20 cents a day, you can close down tanning booths in America everywhere.
0: I I just don't understand. And the Carnage thing, when you told me about that, just blew my friggin' mind because of all people to try and hero up, you're going to go with Carnage. Like you said, the guy that forced Venom, another major villain, to team up with spider-man yeah to defeat him you're gonna hero him up now are you kidding me
1: yep yeah it's uh it, it's really frustrating because again these are the kind of bad guys and is the guys we grew up with and it's like oh we're going to go with some other route and it's like you shouldn't you just keep them evil like people are evil to be evil like can you imagine if they took like Mr. Freeze, we're gonna make him a good guy now. No, because at the end of the day all he cares about is saving his wife, he doesn't give a shit about anybody else. And you it's know. funny
0: because I mean and, and these aren't one shots. These aren't what ifs. These are happening in the main runs yeah. of these books. This is not an alternate. It's like Injustice: Gods Among Us is a total alternate reality scenario that's where fine. Superman is evil, which but is that's which fine is though.
1: That's that's an against ul- again, it's an alternate right, exactly. reality. It's not the the you know regular re- you know form of reality. It's an alternate reality, so it works. But if you're like, nope, we're gonna do this, and here's why. Okay, like, like I said, turning carnage evil, they try to say, or good. It's like, carnage, like, oh, because of what Dr. Doom did, I want to be a good guy now. No, because there's other, that's bullshit. Because there are, you know, certain people and certain Marlar runs who still say the same, besides the world being turned on its axis. Like, you know, shit like that. You know, one thing I'm glad they finally stopped doing in this last issue of Dare, or Deadpool was he's no longer wearing the white suit. He's oh, not my he, goodness. He's not the, the peaceful Namaste Deadpool guy. He's like, nope, fuck that. I'm back to, you know, being the red suited, Merc with the mouth kind of a guy.
0: That had to happen in issue forty, so I'm glad that they came to their senses there. But I just uh, it just frustrates me so much to see that. It's like Doc Brown said, "You're gonna destroy the space time continuum here." <laughs> you've got to, you got l- let things go back to the where they were. I'm not saying you should never introduce new villains or new heroes, stuff like that. I'm just saying you're not doing a good enough job, so you should probably lean on the villains that have gotten you, that that brought you to the dance. Because some of these new villains, not really working out for you. Or what they're doing now is they're trying to make Lower level villains into bigger villains than they actually are, right? And, and I don't understand why you're why you're doing that. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't care about these. I don't need uh, deathlock or Crossbow. Okay, here's one this thing: major evil that that we need to overcome. Okay. I'm not buying it.
1: Before we close out for today's show, here's a question I want to pose to you: We talk about villains being, going from bad to good. What's one f- hero? Who has not been turned bad, like any, any form of media, Superman, so it can't be Superman, Superman's out. But what's one hero you, you would say, if he went evil, you'd go, "Huh, that's interesting.
0: Ooh, Captain America. Ooh, where he Steve does, Rogers. Where he's Steve a Nazi, Rogers going where he's not, evil.
1: Steve Rogers joined the Nazi party?
0: Yeah. Ooh, All of a sudden, we find out he's been in league with Red Skull the whole time. Oh my something. God! Captain America's part of Hydra. That uh, to me, that would be a holy shit moment, and I would be, and not because he was affected by some serum or something or no. some sort of gas or injection. No, we find out that the whole time, despite everything we've seen, that Captain America, Steve Rogers, has been in league with Hydra from the beginning that that would make me go holy shit i'm in
1: <laughs> see mine would be charles xavier
0: oh my goodness that would be devastating charles actually
1: Ma- <laughs> what would the world be like if charles xavier and magneto were both part of the brotherhood
0: oh i, I don't think there'd be any stopping them oh they'd like i don't think that there's any combination of x-men that you could have that although you know what wouldn't that be the perfect plot line for the Avengers X Men team up movie if they ever did one?
1: What, that uh, Charles Xavier is a bad guy? So yes, Avengers that stop that, it? So that X- they had
0: to bring in the Avengers because it's that bad.
1: Wow, that'd be interesting.
0: I could see I could see them having to do that if that if that ever was the case. Of course, people would go apeshit if they did that because there's no <laughs> canon for it. So <laughs> I mean, Cody might start throwing people off cliffs if that happened, but. I think you know, that people, would be he'll, be.
1: he'll be unbuckling people's
0: things on roller
1: coasters.
0: Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I think that would be very. That would be a very interesting combination. And it's funny that we both kind of went the Marvel route with these big figurehead characters. But I right. think in both cases, how compelling would that be?
1: That would be. That would be amazing. I mean, I mean, what, I mean, what are you gonna say? Like, I mean, oh, I don't know why you're stuck both in The Marvel. Rob, I mean, what are we gonna do with DC? We you do like, oh, Crypto gets rabies and he turns evil. Like. <laughs> You, you know. Well,
0: there's really nobody left. I mean, Hal Jordan's been affected by Parallax, so you yep. can't go with Hal. You can't go with Superman because they're doing that in injustice.
1: Aquaman um, ate bad tuna and had the shits. So he, I mean,
0: there's really no major DC hero where I go, man. If he went evil, yeah, look out. Because even Batman doesn't kill people, but he toes the line. So you're so
1: you're admitting that that when it comes to characters, DC characters are less effective than Marvel's guys. Is no, that what you're I, saying?
0: I'm saying that Marvel has been more consistent in letting their heroes always be heroes in the case of like Captain America. Well, not recently because of superior Spider-Man and superior Iron Man. So not recently, but as, as a rule, it's uh it's like, there's a lot of Superman's really been the only DC character. That's been good. Period. No wavering, nothing for his entire existence. Everybody else has always had their moments where it's like, yeah, that was kind of that's kind of borderline right there. But <laughs> but Marvel has very much let their heroes be heroes pretty much the entire time, except for a little bit recently in the comics. So. Xavier
1: starts like, just confining everybody to wheelchairs and shit.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, they've been more consistent in, in letting their good guys be good guys than DC is, so that's kind of what I was getting at there.
1: Yep. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Down Nerdy. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Down Nerdy. I'm on Twitter, at Merck with one arm, James.
0: I'm at James Ace with him, and of course, you can always email us, podcast at gmail.com. We're working on some guests for upcoming shows. i got to tell you, if we get some of these guests... Going to blow your mind. You won't (laughs) believe it. We will have some guests coming up. You know, we're going to be working on guests for the entire year of 2015, and we have got some big things up our sleeve, let me tell you.
1: And I got to tell you something before we sign off. Thank you to everybody who's been posting on the. the Show on the Facebook page lately because that's just that's just been awesome. Traffic's been up immensely. It's been fantastic.
0: We love interacting with you. We've said it from the beginning. And we and we mean it. Not only do we love seeing your posts, we like replying to your posts, and you know, getting a nice little back and forth going on there. It's it's fun for. It's just as much fun for us as it is for you, if not more so. So please keep it up.
1: Yep, and uh, you know, and that's the thing. It's just like. By the way, we are going to be at Bob's uh, Fancy Escape Comics and Cards in Aragola Boulevard, Virginia Beach, May 2nd for Free Comic Book Day. We're going to be doing our live show there, second year in a row. We'll be glad to be back there doing it. We had a lot of fun last year. I'm actually going to be there this year, yep. uh, not working, so that's going to be awesome. Um, but the, event page,
0: I, the event page will be up on Facebook sometime this week, so you'll have details there, and you'll be able to go accept the invitation and, and t- let us know you're coming and stuff like that. So that will be up this week sometime.
1: Exactly, and as always, I leave it with this, my fellow nerds. Always practice a safe comic book reading. Always bag and board your comics.